2: 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of The Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. The Mark Reardon Show. I hate people individually, but I love mankind. Oh, you do. The Mark Reardon Show. I got into broadcasting
1: because I like to give. Sometimes I find myself hurting from giving too
2: much.
3: That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because It's garbage.
2: The Mark Reardon Show is on now.
3: Oh, it's on now, all right. It is on now. And as I get started and I settle in here for the show, I'm looking at my control board in front of me. How are you, Sue? I'm fine, thank you. Maybe let's start. Is I-44 open from last night did they ever reopen that damn thing yeah they did but it took a long time <gasps> oh my gosh you you i was already home and you sent me a picture i think they were they were so maybe it was like six twenty or so yeah I but it went car. on
0: into the seven o'clock did hour. it really yeah
3: Oh, maybe it was when I got home, because I got home at about 6.45. Usually I get home about 6.30. It took me, I don't know, it, 10 minutes. I left a little late last night, so it took me 10 minutes. But what what was the deal with that? Do we know? There was
0: an accident uh, from uh, involving a tractor trailer, and then there was a person that was running around on the interstate. So some people say, oh, well, he was running from police. Others were saying uh, it's running from the paramedics. But it was a person... On the highway. So they just closed it in both directions. And then, I have to assume, they were trying to figure out what happened and just left it shut down. Well, yeah,
3: not, not a good situation, especially when things are closed down. I mean, the pictures that you were blasting out and that you sent me. It's weird to see a highway that's got no traffic on it, right? <laughs> yeah, It's really weird. It's
0: reminiscent of when they were redoing 6440 and there was nobody out there. By the
3: way, how long ago was that? When when Do we I have to look that Because up. That, that had to have been 10 years ago, right, at this at point? At least. Right. Maybe 12 years ago.
0: I think it's more than that because my mother was still with us and she passed away at 14. Yes. I think it goes back to like 2008, 2009. Teesh- 2009. Uh, yeah, it might be. Okay. I have a T-shirt with it on. I'll look it up. Because they had a they had a run a five k when before they opened it so you could run on the highway. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I then went
3: to that. they well they did the same thing. I think they did something with bikes too. Same thing, sort of like uh,
0: yeah. I wouldn't be right, surprised before
3: they opened it. Anyway, I got distracted. I was gonna kind of talk here about the gross stuff that's on our console. Remember, I was referring to the control board here, and then I got distracted asking you about i forty four. I got this. Uh, <laughs> I like this this compressed air stuff. Uh, electronics compressed air duster. I looked at the board before the show. Not that people really need to know this, but it was
0: disgusting.
3: No, it, it still kind of is. But did you need to borrow this? Because okay, these things are great. I Why don't I have one of these this stuff. at home? I That's don't know. Awesome. You,
0: you only see him in the office, and I'll tell you what: if you take your, there's nothing as satisfying as doing that upside down on like a laptop or a, 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 any kind of iPad and all the crap I, that I falls out. My challenge: challenge the nothing is satisfying. Okay, However, there are few things as great. Yes, as uh, far as cleaning.
3: Ooh, well, I you love know, and I feel strongly like I, I don't know why this this is terrible of me, but I always feel very guilty about depriving myself of a leaf blower for as long as I did. I've only had a leaf blower like three or four years. I
0: still don't have one. I hate the sound. God, they're the
3: best things ever, though. I, cur- I mean, I you know, can use them to clean out the garage. You can use them to scare your uh, wife and kids. Ooh. You can use them to, you know... Send off thieves and stuff like that. I just love a leaf blower. All right, we're off and running. Let's mention what's going to happen tomorrow. We're going to be live in Eureka tomorrow at Fish Fry Friday. It is. Can we confirm that it's Thursday finally? Yes, finally. It is finally Thursday. Oh, you know what? I should mention this, too, just before I get into everything. You know what I did today? And I've only done this maybe five times in my life. Wait, you, you just had a ga- gaping mouth as you were surprised. 2009. It was, like 13 years ago, yeah. right? Man, that's unbelievable. Isn't it? It really is. There are probably people listening right now that don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah. Let's explain what happened. They closed down an entire stretch of 6440, which, by the way, I still don't like calling it 64. I still call it Highway 40. I do, too. Highway forty, right, for yeah, those of us that have been around St. Louis for a long time. But they closed that whole stretch down from, like, the zoo to King's Highway. Yeah, they did beyond. it in
0: sections. They did to right. the west of there first, and they shut it down for six months. And remember, they sent out all of these things saying, you're going to have to find a different way to work. The word was, and, and I was familiar with this from my time in Milwaukee. Milwaukee,
3: because they did something similar with the uh, thing up there called the market interchange, was traffic mitigation. And the hope, and by the way, I think this did happen, the hope was is that people would figure out different ways to get around. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they did.
0: Yeah. They did figure it out, but I'll tell you what, that was a long time. Uh,
3: oh, the, before, uh, my brain is scattered, as always. You know already did today, and I've only done this maybe... I'm going to guess five or seven times in my whole adult life here existence, especially in the past 15 years. Five Let's just say going back to 2009. Times. I'm driving in on Highway Farty Far uh-huh. today, which was open. We just uh-huh. established that. And <laughs> I, I have these moments of panic. And sometimes they're, they're not right. And sometimes they are right. And today I was right. You want to take a guess?
0: Wait, five to seven I left times the house. With I no was phone? halfway to
3: work. <gasps> That's a good question, but I think you know what wow. it is. The iPad. No. What? No.
0: No. No. I don't. It's know. Worse than
3: that. There's animals involved.
0: Oh no! You didn't let the dog out.
3: i let. I did let him out. And then let, him, let back him back in. in. Oh. So I, I'm literally probably at Hampton, and I'm like, Oh, oh man, did I let the dogs out and let them back in? Did you in? call
0: a neighbor? Does well, a neighbor work from home? Good
3: news. Uh, my wife actually <sighs> works only 10 minutes, and she was about to go out to Subway, which is right near our house anyway. So she went home and confirmed that they were out. But it's not a bad day to be out, but I did. I spaced it completely. I was uh, having other things in my mind. Uh, Fish Fry Friday tomorrow at uh, at Eureka, which is going to be awesome. Uh, come see us tomorrow. We have Jane Duker on the roundtable panel, John Gaskin, Sean Flower, all live from Most Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Eureka. We'll do the whole show there. This is a, a big tour that the Mark Reardon Show is on. We started last week in... South City, near Sue's house. We all came to Sue's house at 6. If you missed that party, the after party last week was it's amazing. Your fault. I tried yeah. to invite everyone. I don't know how many people showed up. Next Friday, Christ Prince of Peace in Manchester. Knights of Columbus in Connellville on the 24th, and then the VFW Hall in O'Fallon, Missouri on the 7th of April. We're going to take the 31st off because... I'm traveling that weekend. You know who's going to come see us tomorrow? Who? In person, um, Susan L. Ward. Oh, that's awesome. Do you hear about this whole thing with uh, Tiger Woods and the non-disclosure? No, but like, I'm—what? about that. Well, it's a girlfriend thing. She she thinks that the NDA that she signed shouldn't be valid, but we'll, we'll get it. I think that Susan Ooh, knows a little bit about I'm that, intrigued. too, because it's a domestic type of— Issue. Uh all right, coming up here a little bit this afternoon, we uh we did mention yesterday George Rosenthal from ThrottleNet. We had this question because there's still even more talk today. On Capitol Hill about TikTok and getting rid of TikTok. And is that something that, here's what Josh Hawley said, for example. What my bill does
1: is it specifically goes after TikTok. It bans it. It doesn't ban any other app, but it also requires a comprehensive report to Congress on the national security threat that TikTok poses and its relationship with the CCP, with the Chinese Communist Party, which I think is important.
3: You know, a lot of people nationwide, certainly outside of the audience of this station, they think that he's a dangerous guy, Josh Hawley and the fist pump and all that. Um, but this is, you know, something that people beyond conservative Republicans need to pay attention to, especially when you hear Christopher Ray say this. This is a tool that is ultimately within the control of the Chinese government. And it, to me, it screams out with national security concerns. So we do have concerns, but the, the implications are pretty real. What would Gretchen Whitmer do up in Michigan? Because this is funny, too. You know, they banned... TikTok from the government phones in Michigan, except the governor, because she likes to use it for promotional purposes. We
0: have it uh, on one device that has no access to anything else, because so many people get their information that way. Whether we like it or not, that is a tool for disseminating important information, and and that's how we use it. But we're always evaluating, because we want to make sure that we are protecting
3: data in Michigan. Oh, wait, what did Christopher say?
2: This is a tool that is ultimately within the control of the Chinese government and it to me it screams out with national security concerns so
3: the question is how would that can we just flip a switch i don't know the answer to this but there there is a way to do it but george is going to clear this up george rosenthal from on that? I almost said George from TikTok, Throttle we will come up a little bit later this hour. We have Kill Me dropping by for his weekly visit. Phil Holloway will join us on the COVID origins hearing. I have more audio from that. Neil Gelman with the Gelman team will talk a little real estate this afternoon. Plus, we have an audio cut of the day. But unfortunately, as so often is the case here in St. Louis, I have to start with crime. And another one of these reports, I, you know what's going to happen here, Sue, is this whole thing with Kim Gardner is not going to work with Andrew Bailey. I'm only saying this because it seemingly never works. The Supreme Court had ample amount of information to take her law license. That's how serious, not the allegations, the evidence and the proof against Kim Gardner in her office and malfeasance in several cases, most prominently the Greitens case. That's how bad it was. They should have taken away her law license. Most everyone agreed to that. But, of course, the reasoning, and this is Ridiculous. The reasoning was, well, the justices—and by the way, if the justices feel that this is inaccurate, they should come out and speak about it, right? For sure. Because the, the conventional wisdom is that they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to cause trouble here in St. Louis. That's right. With racial tensions, right? So this is what you get. And the Supreme Court of Missouri should be blamed for this just as much as anyone else, I think. So this is a Channel 5 story, and Christine Byers reported on on some of this in a different way. But just let me tell you the the beginning of the story. I'm not sure, and I apologize here, who the reporter is. But just listen to the facts of the case, and I'll give you the background here about Kim's office and how they screwed this up. Tuesday
4: morning, Shamika White and her relatives went to St. Louis Circuit Court, hoping Demario Bird would finally stand trial for the murders of their two loved ones, Shamika's 43-year-old brother, Clarence White, and his 39-year-old wife, Kelly Maddock. In May of 2020, police found White and Maddock shot to death inside their Northside home.
3: So this is a double murder. Right? I Keep know that who that mind. is. This is a double murder. You yeah. know who that is? Yeah, oh, it's Robert Townsend. Robert Townsend. Robert, I apologize. I'd like to identify the reporter. So Robert is doing the report here.
1: We were walking in the courtroom, sat down 2.2 seconds and had to get back up because we're wondering what the heck What do you mean a plea?
4: A furious white says they learned a judge accepted Byrd's guilty plea to reduce counts of voluntary manslaughter, armed criminal action, and unlawful gun possession. Initially, he was charged with first-degree murder.
0: It's tears of pain.
1: It's tears for everybody that is losing their loved ones.
4: In court Tuesday, Boyd admitted to killing the couple. A judge sentenced him to 15 years in prison.
3: 15 years in prison for a double murder when he was originally charged with first degree murder. A little bit more here of the audio from Robert. The couple was married for six years.
4: Clarence, a father of six, Kelly had a young daughter. We're devastated. White admits in court today she shouted at the judge saying her brother and sister in law did not receive justice twice. Bird's trial was postponed.
1: They dropped the ball. The prosecuting attorney, all the continuances, the evidence that was proven and given. That wasn't used.
4: In a statement, the circuit attorney's office says, in part, "Each year, only three to five percent of cases go to trial." A spokesperson says, "Our office holds a more than 95 percent conviction rate for all
3: cases."
1: At this point, I'm upset with the system.
3: Well, two things about that: the circuit attorney's office is lying about the conviction rate. Second, let's just—in—they're in right about very few things go to trial, right? Mm -hmm. You have pleas all the time. It's not the plea that's problematic. It's the type of plea that's problematic. Right. You had a first degree murder charge. You don't, you know, negotiate that down to manslaughter and the guy gets 15 years. Now I'm going to explain to you here probably after the break, why this is something that Kim Gardner and these George Soros prosecutors want to do. But first, and I'm a little confused by this, but let me tell you what happened here. Um, So this guy's got charges for the murders of Clarence White and Kelly Maddock for two and a half years. Christine Byers at Channel 5, outside of Robert Townsend's report, says a St. Louis judge sanctioned Kim Gardner's office twice for not turning over evidence in a timely manner to the defense in the years leading up to the 15-year plea deal with a double homicide suspect. In May of 2020, and she goes over some of the facts here, Robert mentioned this, police found White and Maddock shot and killed inside the home on Maffet Avenue in the Villa neighborhood. Here's what the judge wrote. Now, this is where I'm confused. Because the judge also accepted the plea and issued the statement here, Tim Boyer, to allow the circuit attorney's office to blatantly violate the discovery rules and then argue that those continuances were for good cause is inappropriate, unjustified, and antithetical to the goals of the interstate agreement on detainers, he wrote in the motion against Gardner's office. The interstate agreement on detainers, IAD, never heard of this before, gives federal prisoners the right to request to be tried for any unresolved charges in other states. At some point after Byrd was charged with the homicides, he was. was sentenced to 61 months in federal prison on an unrelated charge. Okay. So this case is somewhat complicated. The attorneys filed motions for sanctions against Gardner's office, claiming despite the years that had passed on the murder charges, prosecutors handed over for the first time, six documents containing 54 pages of new information and a CD of cell phone records from the victim's phone seven days before the trial was to begin in November. Now, Christine points out that Supreme Court rules require the state to disclose discovery within 14 days of a request, not not the trial, but of a request from the defense. The defense made the request on July 20th of 2020. So oh. that's more than two years. Oh, it's almost two and a half years before it was disclosed. Um, the defense also asked for additional discovery in January 22, which includes reports that weren't turned over until that week before trial. So th- this is just now it says that Tim Boyer. I think I played golf with Tim Boyer. I have to check. Hmm. I'm pretty sure I, I may know him. He's a buddy of Jack Coder, so I'm going to check into that because I, I have a question for him about this, too, with the sentence. He sanctioned Gardner's office, continued the trial to January 3rd from November 22nd, but then um, the jurors were being collected by the jury supervisor. The defense informed the court that they don't have an arrest report. At first, the, this, this is the comedy of errors. At first, the assistant circuit attorney said no arrest report existed. But then after a computer search, the assistant circuit attorney found the arrest report wherein the defendant was arrested one day after the alleged murder took place and was arrested with one of the state's key witnesses who at the time made potentially exculpatory statements about the defendant. Um, Gardner's office argued that the continuances that Boyer granted should be considered to be for good cause shown. Um, Boyer says the court finds this argument wholly unpersuasive. Discovery in this case was timely requested by the defendant, despite numerous requests not timely disclosed by the circuit attorney's office. Not only was the discovery late, it was twice disclosed on the eve of the trial, including discovery of a report that contained statements on a key state's witness. So uh, the part that's confusing is the uh, white—I'm sorry, the judge— Tim Boyer, I said the white not because I'm a white supremacist, but because the last name of one of the victims here is literally the word white and the name white. Uh, but why would the judge then accept the plea deal? Uh, that, that's a little confusing to me, so I'll look into that. But this is par for the course, if we're being honest. I mean, l- let's face it. And one of the things, and we'll talk about this with Jane tomorrow when she's on the roundtable, um, this is hilarious too. Jane tweeted this out a short time ago, and I, I retweeted it. You you have a picture out there for a rally to support circuit attorney Kim Gardner and criminal justice reform. It was for last Saturday. Okay, this took place apparently. We we missed it, Sue. So oh, just no. Two to four at the Fountain Temple. But what's interesting here is Brandon Bosley is listed as some of the – well, a supporter and someone who I'm assuming was there. Brandon Bosley is the St. Louis – this whole thing is just unbelievable. You can't make it up. He's the St. Louis alderman that back in December mm-hmm. – told police that there was a a homeless person that threatened him with a gun Mm -hmm. when the truth of the matter, and we know this because there's video evidence, is he hit this person Mm -hmm. and then circled back, tried to make it look like it was their fault and was caught in a lie. But despite the lies from Brandon Bosley, not only has he not been charged with any crime, so Jane's- tweet was, if only St. Louis Circuit Attorney would spend as much energy doing her job as she is trying to keep her job. A supporter of this organization, Alderman Brandon Bosley, could that be why Gardner has not issued charges applied for by police on his hit and run and false reports? The police have applied for charges of Brandon Bosley, and they did it because it's pretty clear what he did, and she won't charge him, and she's his BFF, and he's supporting her rally. I mean, well, we know corruption runs wild. I guess they're just being honest about it. couple things just to follow up before I get to more of the crime stuff, but on, on that 44 accident from last night, you dug up a little information when they closed the highways,
0: right? I did. Now, this is straight from Channel 2, but uh, a spokeswoman for the police department said that this was at about 445 yesterday. They had reports of a person running back and forth. On 44 at Jamison. And I remember that when you were first reporting about this, you mentioned something along those lines. Yes, that there was somebody out there. Well, it was a 38-year-old man who had actually scaled the girders and climbed onto the overpass. So he was on the overpass, and they were trying to coax him down. And that's why they had to close traffic in both directions, because there was a guy on the overpass who had climbed onto it and apparently was threatening to drop. Now— he also had a situation at a gas station nearby before he climbed onto the overpass and he turned off the fuel pumps at the station and he had hit the emergency shut-off valve and uh, so he was uh, they've so taken it was all him, basically because of this one dude yeah <laughs> and they've taken him you know they've taken him for a mental uh, evaluation but it lasted for hours i know and that's when, that's the part that's weird when i was looking at the you know just looking at the camera footage there were people running out of gas I mean, they were stuck there oh, for a while. Seriously? It's part of this story. I, I was seeing a couple people walking around before they started diverting traffic. Well, I mean, you might want to fill your gas tank up just a little bit. If, if idling
3: for a little bit is going to make you know, run a But you know, those people. That's... Were there for an How hour. How about the EVs?
0: Yeah, <laughs> they ran out of
3: power. So, yeah, that's one, what a one follow was. up here on the uh, because I, I was mentioning I took Highway 40 and then we got into the 6440 thing. So my friend Kevin Cummins, one of our law enforcement um, guys that we depend on, said since that was many years ago that the interstate became 64, why are we continuing it to call 6440 or 40 at all? We don't call any other interstate by the U.S. highway designation. <laughs> Why don't we call it 64 like it is? Now, my response is because old people like me refuse to call it 64. Yes. And I said, as an example, see Riverport. So what what would your answer be? Is it just because those of us who have been around St. Louis, we call it Highway 40, so yes. it's known as 6440.
0: Correct, and we've done it since we were kids. When I was a kid, my dad said, well, you take 40 into downtown. Right. It know- does
3: throw people off like newbies. Like even it when does. my wife came here, she's like, what's 40? That's 64. Yeah. What's 64? It's 40. Same it, thing.
0: It's an ongoing debate in traffic worlds. Should yes. we just call it 64 or 6440? I, I, don't know. I, I, don't I like know.
3: Highway 40. Anyway, going back to Demario Bird, here's something that's amazing on this particular case that Kim Gardner's office completely screwed up, and this guy killed two people, and he's going for 15 years. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch Editorial Board, which regularly embarrasses itself, and one of the funny things about this is that they— helped sweep kim gardner into office they've referred to those of us with different views as white supremacists and all this nonsense but listen to this They even say he should be serving a life sentence for the cold-blooded murder of two people in 2020, but instead will be serving a paltry 15 years. Byrd admitted the killings were voluntary. Witnesses saw Byrd shoot the two victims, then flee the scene. The initial charges were first-degree murder, along with weapons charges, in the hands of a properly prepared prosecutor. This should have been a slam dunk, but, you know, I lost my place here. Hang on. Just skipped around on me. Um... Instead, Judge Timothy Boyer made it clear on separate occasions the circuit attorney's office was the picture of bungling incompetence. They they refer to Katie Cole from the Post Dispatch. I think Christine and you know Robert at Channel Five have done these reports too. With the uh, background that he was supposed to go to trial last November, they waited until six days. I think the Channel Five report said seven days before the trial to turn over 54 pages, including the cell phone data. I mean, the whole thing was just a complete debacle. So look at that. You have the Post Dispatch getting involved here, and actually. Calling it like it really is. Now, let me take you to Maryland because this probably is not going to surprise you. Or this, this is where I, I, I wonder what the, re, you know, the response for someone who doesn't follow the news. Maybe somebody that's not involved and in, in really gets into the St. Louis news. They don't know about Kim Gardner's office, which, by the way, would be a fair amount of people. Like if you just go out, Huge. if we go out to Eureka tomorrow, I'm not talking about the one audience, right? But general people that are just of mixed media choices. They probably would have. I this is hard to believe because you have most of the media now covering it, but they really wouldn't know the details. I guarantee you that's true. That's how she
0: gets reelected.
3: So let's take you to Maryland where a Democrat named Charlotte Crutchfield is introducing something called HB 1180, the Youth Safety and Accountability Act. This is where these George Soros prosecutors – and by the way, here's here's the other thing about Kim Gardner. You know who the luckiest dude in this area is right now is Wesley Bell because Wesley Bell – has the same things on his record. He wants to be a social worker too. And there are cases that will be exposed eventually with Wesley Bell, but all the attention is on Kim. So he gets to hide and try to act like he's doing his job. So HB 1180, the Youth Safety and Accountability Act. Felony murder occurs when someone is killed while a felony crime like robbery is being committed. Right. For example, a getaway driver hits and kills a pedestrian while fleeing the scene of a crime. They're guilty of felony murder under the current law. Democrat Delegate Charlotte Crutchfield is looking to change that with her Youth Accountability and Safety Act, House Bill 1180. Basically, she feels that African-American youths are disproportionately represented. By the way, this is what Kim Gardner feels. This is what Wesley Bell feels. This is what Tashara Jones, our mayor, feels. And they're incarcerated for more felony crimes in the Maryland judicial system. Now, the reason that African-Americans are serving time for more felony crimes is, let me think about this for a second. It's complicated. Oh, yeah. I remembered. Because they commit more felony crimes. Okay, that that, it's not because it's disproportionate. It's disproportionate in the sense that African Americans make up 17% of the population, but commit a healthy majority of the crime. That's disproportionate. The amount of murders, 95% of which are African American victims in St. Louis. 95% 95% of which are African-American suspects. So, uh, y- y- you know, that's the real number there. But she thinks, and and this isn't trying to address what's happening with kids that have no fathers. And let's face it, this um this guy that ran over Janae Edmondson, 21 years old, he's got three kids. He's got three kids, right? And who knows if there's a mother involved. But these are troubled youths. These aren't criminals, right? So... This is a bill that attempts to sort of uh, address that particular issue, saying, look, if someone's just along for the ride, let's say someone was in that car with that idiot, and I don't even remember his name, and I don't want to say his name, when he hit Janae. Let's say Janae, unfortunately, would would have died, and someone's in the car. Well, that person could have been charged with a felony, too. Under this particular law, they don't want that because these are just troubled use. They shouldn't be incarcerated. But here's the real kicker here, right? The bill's provisions prohibiting individuals under the age of 25 from being convicted of first degree murder in specified circumstances would have a potentially meaningful impact on black or African-American individuals in this age bracket who face arrest for murder in general at a disproportionately high rate, which, again, is a complete BS lie that I just explained to you. The overall equity impacts of the bill, however, cannot be reliably estimated without detailed data on convictions, sentencing, inmates, parole activity, recidivism. Basically, this is a bill that would prohibit anyone under the age of 25 from being convicted of first-degree murder committed in the preparation of or an attempt to perpetuate various felonies, including carjacking, arson does this sound familiar in st louis burglary rape and various sex offenses these are democrats in maryland that are pushing this all right the current penalty for first-degree murder including felony murder is imprisonment for life right now with no chance of parole if you don't in missouri we have death penalty possibility right in illinois it's life without parole in missouri it's if you're convicted in missouri first-degree murder and you do not get the death penalty it's life with no chance of parole right that's the only option a murder that is not in the first degree is considered a second degree under statute. person who commits murder in the second degree is also guilty of felony and subject to imprisonment for a maximum of 40 years. This bill would reduce the overall sentence length of anyone committing murder prior to the age of 25 to a, a minimum sentence. So basically— you could have someone who committed a murder or helped commit a murder that gets out of prison in just a matter of a few years because they were just a troubled youth. And we need to help these people. We need social workers. We don't need to punish them. Where are the African-Americans that are going to scream like that victim that you heard in the Channel 5 report to say, enough is enough. Our people are getting killed. And these prosecutors are helping that happen. Congratulations, Kim Gardner.
1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three
3: orders while supplies
1: last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: George from ThrottleNet is on the line, and he's going to wait patiently while I just clear up one more thing about this thing in Maryland. Here's here's one of the things that's comical about what they're doing in Maryland. So there's a guy that's been appointed as the, um, the pick here for the governor to sort of, you know, run some of the— some of these pieces of legislation, and he has written, he's the pick for the Maryland Juvenile Justice Service, right? And he wrote, Vince Chiraldi is his name. He wrote this paper a couple of years ago making the case, and this is where Democrats in Maryland are on this whole thing. Don't charge people under 25 with with first-degree murder, felony murder. You know what one of the reasonings is for that? No, Well, their brains aren't fully developed, right? Their brains aren't fu- but their brains at the age of 10- or six, or 13, or 16, if you have a penis and you want a vagina, or vice versa, that's okay. Your brain is fully developed. You don't need your parents' help, and your teachers cannot tell your parents what pronouns you want to use because you want to be someone else that you weren't assigned at birth. And that's all cool with Democrats, but we don't want people who shoot other people in the head in horrific fashion to go to prison for too long because we're worried about them. That's This is where we are in this country. And not enough people know that this stuff is going on because the media is not going to cover a lot of this. I, I rarely do I give the post-dispatch any credit. But again, the credit is partial on this editorial about Kim only because they helped put her into office. And they helped fuel the fire on all this stuff post Mike Brown, so they have to accept the blame for the condition that this city is in. They love criminals, love them. This is the first time I think I've ever read an editorial where they didn't like a, a criminal and they took the side of the victim. So congratulations, Post-Dispatch. Okay, one of the questions that we have on the show is, is TikTok, what happens if, you know, Congress and the President, they ban TikTok? Here's John Thune, Senator. And I think it's high time Congress uh, steps in on this. You know, all the authorities that the President has to deal with these types of threats come from a pre-digital age. Uh, We live in the digital age now, and these applications are prolific. Uh, And there are some, clearly, that have national security implications. And this is one of them. George Rosenthal from Throttle It is with us this afternoon. Thank you for being patient while I continue my rant there, George. How are you this afternoon? Absolutely.
1: I'm doing great. Doing great. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on.
3: I'm a, a, a you know proud American and a, a patriot, George, so I do not have TikTok on my phone, mainly because it just annoys the crap out of me. And a couple of years ago when my wife started showing me these things, I had to institute a one TikTok a day policy in my household, which stands to this day. So I don't buy into it and I don't like it, although I do see a lot of TikTok stuff on Twitter. People repost the TikTok yep. on the Twitter. But our question from last week is, if, if it is deemed that this should be banned in this country, how does that work technologically? Is that some, Can they flip a switch and then the thing's just not in here?
1: Yes. Well, for, And yes, I agree with you completely. I don't have TikTok uh, on my devices. I don't like TikTok for this reason. And it's because uh, if you look at their terms of service, it's a very, very scary app coming from the Chinese party. I don't care what kind of conspiracy theory you think it is. If you read the terms of service, it's very, very serious. They can track you. They can turn your cameras on. They can listen in on your phone. They have – this is all things you agree to when you right, agree to Right. Oh, yeah, service. because
3: nobody reads those things. They just press agree, agree. They just want to see their goofy videos. They want to George. see their
1: goofy video, yes. And so this, what's interesting, this morning I was getting ready to watch some TV, and this woman was on it being interviewed. She created an account as a 14-year-old, and immediately the content she was being fed was anti-American, uh, dividing on social issues. It was things about anti-capitalism. I mean, this was in the first five minutes she created an account as a 14-year-old. Wow. So what's happening is it's basically a Cold War without firing a missile uh, in a way that you're basically two generations away from changing the country, and that's what they're trying to do through these apps. Now,
3: the- hey, hang on. I want to I want to say something real quick, because Abby's listening in the producer room right now. I want that soundbite for the roundtable tomorrow. I really do, because what George just said, I think, is important. And people need to yeah. hear that. Sorry, George. Continue, please. Oh,
1: no, you're it, and it's the truth. And it's scary. It, it's you're you're two generations away from changing the fabric of the country. And you do that without going to war and firing a missile. You just start feeding information through their phones that people are glued to. And it's a quick and easy way to do it. Um, On the other side, I do see the lobbyist side where you have Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, all having shorts now, short videos, and they are now wanting to get those eyes away from TikTok and back onto their platform. So there is part of that as well. But most of this has to do with the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, To answer your direct question, yes, you can flip a switch, and here's how. They would form laws to force Apple and Google to take it off the stores. Then everybody says, all right, well, I already have it on my phone, so I can immediately start downloading it. Well, what they do then is they make a law and go to all the Internet service providers, AT&T, Spectrum, you name it, and say well, you, are, you are going to shut down all of the IP addresses that, have to co- that come from TikTok. So they can absolutely control what comes into this country in terms of content. So it, it, when it becomes law, and I think it will be, uh, and it probably <laughs> needs to be very quickly, to stop indoctrinating everybody. But that is something that they can absolutely turn off. So you can have the app on your phone, but it'll never update again once they pass that law.
3: Are there any other countries that have banned TikTok? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah, all over the world. There's there's countries. Uh, we are actually behind on yeah. this whole thing okay. uh, when it comes to banning and, and honestly just locking out from a DNS standpoint, locking out their IP addresses to make sure that, that no devices uh through your internet service provider. So once you do that, whether you're on a cellular network or your home internet, if your internet service provider shuts that off, it's done. So yes, you can absolutely turn off apps in this country.
0: George, this is way more insidious than I realized. Oh, and yeah, me too. Uh, you know, and why why is this not being covered as this? I mean, this is you're exactly right. No more we just get to the 14-year-olds and in two generations sure. the entire country flips. That totally is frightening. Yes.
1: Yeah, and you haven't fired a missile, so you, you've you've changed the fabric of a of a country. You've changed the fabric of a nation without having to go to war. And all you've done is continually feed the minds that are just glued to their screens, watching these shorts over and over and over again, um, which is which is terrible. It's a terrible thing. But there's alternatives. I mean, there's YouTube shorts. Uh, there's you know you can go to Instagram. You can go to Twitter. There's all kinds of alternatives if you're looking for that kind of fun short entertainment. But. To sit back and let TikTok, and some people say, well, it's it's, it's probably not run by the Communist Party. You, you can look it up. It's owned by a company called Byte Dance, B-Y-T-E Dance. I encourage everyone listening to go out, look it up, do the wow. research, um, and understand who, who owns that company and who's operating it.
3: This is great information. Wow. George Rosenthal, you are going to be featured in a soundbite in the Rear and Roundtable, which uh, I think there's big compensation. You'll have to check your contract <laughs> with that, but I appreciate your time yeah, this afternoon. Thank you, George. Thank you. Thanks, appreciate the opportunity. That is very interesting yes, it yeah, is. and frightening. All right, Sue's News coming up after the top of the hour. Kill Meat as well.
2: Get more at 971talk.com.